Welcome to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your angel medium, Julie Jancis, and today we're sharing your angel stories. Why do our angels and loved ones above show us signs? Yes, they want us to know they're okay and at peace, but deeper than that, they want us to connect with them so that they can help us more from the other side. Friends, it all begins with your intuition, vibration, and experiencing oneness. Your intuition is your soul's voice. It's also how your loved ones talk to you from heaven. In this podcast, we teach you how to turn up the volume on your intuition so that you can hear their loving messages more clearly. We also teach you how to raise your vibration and feel your oneness with all that is. Friends, you are here to love, give love, receive love, be love, radiate love. And because your soul is love, all you really ever have to do is just be. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis. And today we are here with Joanna. Um, Joanna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yay. I'm so excited you're here. I know that you have two (laughs) stories. One kind of ties into the next. So I'm just going to have you take it away. Great. Uh, So when I was eight years old, uh, my grandparents' basement used to scare me. And I was fine when I was down there by myself. And then um, when I ended up, or I'm sorry, I'm fine when I was down there with people. But as soon as I was the only one, I would start to like feel it in my chest and get like, anxious and nervous. And so I would like go upstairs and it continued over, I think I was probably eight, seven or eight. And the fear started building and it would get scarier and scarier. And I kept getting this impression of this man that was like in the shadows. And um, so I'd run up the stairs and my heart would race and I'd get upstairs, I'd be safe. And this kind of fear thing continued all through childhood, specifically my grandparents' um, basement. And then as I got older, um, I was working in a library and I would clean um, after hours. And I had one, so I would have been probably 18. Um, I was in, again, downstairs area and again, got super frightened and kind of had this impression of this man And I ran upstairs and I locked um, the building up and I got in my car. I had this panic attack and um, was able to kind of calm down eventually. (laughs) And in my 20s, um, there were times where I would blockade my door so that nobody would get in or I would put a knife under my pillow and sleep with an, I mean, like fear, fear. And it wasn't until I was in probably 35-ish, I took an angels course and she walked us through meeting your guides. And so I'm sitting on this bench ready to meet my guides. And the guy that I was scared of that, cause I used to tell people like, I could, if I could draw, I could draw you a picture of them. If I ever die, I know who's going to kill me. Um, and so Archangel Michael sits down next to me and I'm like, I, I said some not very kind things <laughs> and was super like, why didn't you tell me it was you? And what I then realized was I would get scared and he would come to protect me. And I was tying him to the fear. And I thought I was afraid of him versus he was there to help me. And so I had this just moment, beautiful moment after I finished yelling at him. Um, <laughs> where I was like, okay, now I got it. And that fear that I felt um, just kind of dissipated. I didn't need it anymore. And when I did start feeling it, I would just call on Archangel Michael. And I actually taught my stepdaughter to do the same and it helped her. She was having some kind of the same issues around fear. Um, But as I was leaving the course and they had talked about signs and different things to kind of watch for. And I was like, you know, it'd be so cool to get a sign. Like that'd be really cool to have. And this bird flies across my windshield, like super, super close to my windshield. And I kind of was like, oh, that's weird. It'd be really great if I could get a sign. And then another bird flies across and I'm like, okay, that, that can't be a coincidence. Like that has to be something right. And like still lots of second guessing and lots of like 
is that it? Is that not it? And like a third one flew across and I'm like, all right, got it. And so I had this whole conversation with my angels about like, I am so sorry. Uh, you're going to have to send me things in threes because I'm just not going to get it. Uh, the first time I see it, it, it will not click. Um, and the second time kind of gets my attention, but I still, I second guess it every time still to this day. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to have to have a third and I'm sorry. And I, you know, apologize, but it really is what I need. And, um, and so I always get messages in threes now, um, which is great. Like either something will repeat three times or I'll see like three birds or um, different things, but it's always these multiples of three. And I remember driving to a softball game and I was like, oh, it'd be really cool if I could get a sign. And I like walk on the field, there's nobody there, which is weird for me to be there before anybody else. And there's just birds everywhere. And as I watched closer, like none of them moved. And I'm like, oh, this is super bizarre. And I'm like, but there's not three, like, sorry, doesn't count, not three. And then I was like, counted them and there was nine. I was like, never mind. <laughs> so, and it's just kind of this ongoing thing where it's almost become like a joke where I'm like, yeah, doesn't count. <laughs> and then like, oh, okay, never mind, it does. Um, and so that, <laughs> that kind of leads into, um, I was a foster parent for 10 years and wasn't really, when I got into it, wasn't really anticipating adopting, was just planning on fostering for the sake of fostering. And I met this little guy who was my eighth foster kiddo. And from the very, very first night I held him, I was like, oh, you are different. Um, just a recognition of something where I was like, okay, th this is something to be aware of. Um, and, and figure out what this is. And at the time he was almost four and he was nonverbal and, um, I could just understand what he needed and didn't understand why other people didn't and why other people weren't able to read him as well as I was. Um, but I could read him and I could help, which was great. Um, and so I, he moved in about six months after I ended up getting divorced and lived in the house for a little bit and then moved out and took him with me. And it came to the point where his case turned and um, he was available for adoption. And again, that fear, I was so fearful that I wasn't going to be, sorry, <laughs> I wasn't going to be enough for him that, sorry. Um, and I told his case manager that they needed to find another home for him because an adoptive home, I would foster him forever and ever and ever. But if he was available for adoption, they were going to need to find a two parent household because, because he deserved two parents and I didn't want to take that from him. And like, I was just adamant, like this, you know, I want the best for him and the best is a two parent household. And I couldn't get, I couldn't shake that. I couldn't shake that out of my head. Um, and just, um, I'm not enough type of feeling. And so they started looking for families for him and within the course of a day, I had three different people who didn't know what was going on come to me randomly and make comments about me being his mom and how, you know, you're, you're amazing for him. He's so lucky to have you like, hopefully you get to adopt him. And I hadn't told anybody that this was going on. I hadn't told them that I wasn't, I was saying what I was saying that he was even available for adoption. And literally within 24 hours, uh, three people stepped forward and they're like some comment about me adopting. Him. And I went to bed that night and I was like, nope, nope, not enough. It's three, but I, I, I refuse. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna listen. I still think I know best. The very next day, another three messages from a different three people and it and I went to bed that night <laughs> and again 
I'm not very kind sometimes when I talk to angels and God, because I kind of, um, I, yeah, I was just like, oh, fine, I'll listen. And it was what my heart wanted, but um, I just, yeah, I was scared. And so I just, fine, and kind of almost had an argument about like, fine, I'll do this, but you're going to have to help. And you're going to have to like, really, really step up here and make sure that this is going to work. And it's just the silliest conversation, but, you know, and it just, a lot of that like fear and like really asking for help. And then um, within the next like week or so, I was drawn to, and I don't know how it got brought up, but um, I, I must've been going through photos and I started to Oh, I know what it was. I went back through my email because I had sent an email um, in January of 2013 that said, we had foster kids in the house. We didn't have an opening at all, but I sent an email to our case manager saying, hey, I think the next placement is going to be a pre-adoptive placement. And here's the profile of a kid that would be a really good fit for our family. And so I went back to that email and read it. I, it was my son to a T, like every single little thing I had written six months prior to ever meeting him was just on, um, everything was correct. And I looked at the date and realized the month and year I sent that email was when he came into foster care, like almost to the day, but in the same month and year. And then so then I kind of got curious about dates and looked back through and the month in the year we started to complete foster paperwork to be a foster parent was the month and year he was born. And so it was just this, it was this really cool validation that we were meant to be together and it was predestined or kind of the other thing that was very interesting as I was looking at things is in um, we had taken a month off of fostering and we had gone on this vacation and we didn't have any cell phones for a week and we get back off the cruise and we fire up the cell phones and there's a list of kids that need homes for the weekend because it was a holiday weekend and there was a three and a four-year-old little boy on that list um, that were Native American that um, needed a home. And so I was like, hey, let's let's go ahead and take these kiddos. And like, even if it's just for the weekend, we could put kids in the house for a weekend. And so we called and got a machine, left a message. And normally we'd always gone through a private agency. We'd never worked directly with the state. And so I called the state directly, which is actually against the rules. Um, but had felt like drawn to it. So I, I got a hold of, um, left a message on Monday, all the people got involved and I got the profiles of a three and a four-year-old and I start reading through them and it wasn't the kids I asked about. Um, it was a different three and four-year-old boys. And I remember reading through it and laughing and being like, well, this isn't who I wanted, but these are so much better. Like, these are such a better match for us. And, and ha ha ha, they made a mistake. And now I got better kids. And, um, and so it was just kind of like in this moment of kind of chaos and really questioning myself and questioning what I should do um, for this little guy, like all of this validation that we were where we needed to be and we had found each other and, that he really was meant to be um, my son. And it was just, it was very, very beautiful once I got over the stuff I was letting myself get hung up around <laughs> about not being good enough for him and not being enough. Um, so it was just very, very lovely. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that story. Thank you so much for being on the show to share that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Any advice that you have for other foster parents that are out there listening? Trust your instincts. And like, I knew that very, very first night I held him that he was different. I, I knew all my other kiddos, like, 
I loved and I cared for, but like this one, it was like my soul recognized his. Um, and then I guess not getting caught in what you think it's supposed to look like. Um, that was something throughout my entire foster journey that like, I thought I would be a certain foster parent and I was totally different. I thought I would never um, separate siblings and then ended up um, for the best interest of the kids asking for a couple of them to be separated to do some healing without the other person re-traumatizing them. Um, and so again and again and again, just trying to like be okay with letting go how I thought things had to look, um, even including how I thought my family was going to look. I always thought there would be two parents and there would be, you know, two kids and it would be in a certain order and um, kind of giving that up and handing that over and trusting that what it's meant to be will be um, was a very humbling, long journey <laughs> for yeah. myself. One of the things that I know that you mean, but I just want to clarify, like yeah. for everybody here listening, is when you said like the three and four year old that you called about, like weren't, you know, who you got, you got mm-hmm. two others, not like the original two were bad or that. <gasps> no, they no, 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 not at all. Just yeah, that. The, um, like, because I know what you meant, but I just wanted to clarify yeah, for everybody listening. No, it was in alignment. That was almost part yeah. of the sign, too, that you knew God, universe, source was working right. to pair you with the with right. the kids who were in alignment and flow with you, who you were supposed to be there in their lives. Right. And I just think that's so beautiful. But I just wanted to make sure, like, it yeah, came no, out the no. right way. Yeah, sorry. No, they were um, they were probably amazing, amazing kids. I never got any more details on them. Um, one of the things, though, in Washington State is kiddos that are Native American are very rarely available for adoption um, by non-Native families. Um, they really do try to keep those tribes intact as much as possible. And so I just, I know there was another family that was met for those two kiddos. Um, and had they come to us, it would probably have been a short-term placement, whereas we ended up with a long-term placement. And so, and, and like you said, I think it was, it was something I needed when I was questioning a lot of things to be like, I had never received paperwork on a different kid than I had asked for ever in 10 years. And so, um, at the time, thinking it was a mistake and then looking back at it and going, oh, no, 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 that was exactly what was meant to be. Yeah. So, yeah no, there was the other I, kids were probably amazing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, I love how all your stories tie into this common um, theme of working through that fear within us because we are so programmed and socialized to think a certain way. Friends, when you buy a ticket to one of my upcoming events, you're not only learning more about your angels, but you also get to support this podcast. In February, we're going through the Oneness course all together. This teaches you the basics of connecting with the other side. On February 26th, I'm teaching a workshop called How to Become an Expert at Automatic Writing, which is another fundamental tool in connecting with your loved ones and angels in heaven. You can sign up for my course, Angel Communication Part 1, which begins March 1st to help you hear, see, feel, and know the angels on your spirit team. On March 7th, I'm leading a group healing event on Zoom called Surrendering to God's Healing Hand with Archangel Sandalfun. And on March 26th, I'm teaching a workshop event called Signs and Angel Numbers, a divine guide to clearly understanding your angels. Friends, angel members automatically get access to all of these courses, events, and more each month. We're closing the angel membership registration on February 28th. To join the membership or buy an individual event ticket, visit my website, theangelmedium.com. 
Friends, thank you so much for supporting this show by making a purchase. Now let's hop back into this episode. For example, to your point of like a, a kid can only be raised healthily if he's in a family with two parents is absolutely not true. It's a falsehood. It's a lie. But um, we've been so programmed that it becomes such a deep button within us and trigger within us. And working with our angels really does help us to work that out. Because to your point too, Joanna, they're never frustrated with us. I mean, if you (laughs) went to them and said, okay, Archangel Michael, I need you to bring everything in 50 times. He would sit there (laughs) and he would bring in things 50 times because they don't have the egoic mind chip within them. They're just strictly love. And so if you were a purely, like if you look at it from the angel's perspective, if you were a being that was just pure love, And you were there to help a person, a human being who had this egoic mind programming within them. You wouldn't sit there and think, oh, my God, I am so frustrated (laughs) with this person. They are not getting it. Um, You would think I'm here. I am unconditional love for this person. I am here until they get it. I am here to show up for them, to validate for them, to make sure that they trust. And um, I will continue showing up over and over again until they do. Archangel Michael has asked me five times to tell you that the need for validation dims as your relationship with the angels grow over time and a relationship builds where you see them show up over and over and over again. And so they said that sometimes um, when you reach a new level of spirituality, a deeper um, piece of your awakening, what ends up happening is what's that saying? Like um, something is so dark right before dawn or something to that effect Um, right before you level up in each level of your spiritual awakening, the egoic mind makes one last ditch effort to try and reel you back down. And you have to recognize that. So Archangel Michael says, as you level up and the egoic mind starts to get louder recognize that as a sign that you are leveling up and allow it to kind of dissipate, right? That egoic mind so that you're not anchoring into it. You're just allowing it to float on by. Mm -hmm. Um, And that'll help you as you start to increase and increase. Um, I want to go back to one thing that you said to, to just kind of clarify um, because I I don't want there to be any listeners who have judgment about this. I heard what you said, and the angels said that you made the right decision, but it wasn't one that you made lightly to separate the children, sometimes the siblings, because I think that some people listening could hear that and be like, oh, my God, that was like the worst thing ever. Um, But I, I want to them to hear what I saw and what I felt was that some children truly could not come into healing because the vibration, let's say the egoic mind collectively between the siblings was so heavy that they couldn't reach a point of healing because here's what happens with trauma. There's a certain point at which you've experience so much trauma, and this is sometimes four, five, six-year-olds, that trauma becomes what you know about life and what you keep manifesting in life. And so what I wanted to just be clear about to bring through the healing message that this episode needs is that you did not sit there and say, oh my God, these are two siblings that are fighting all the time and I can't handle it. So I'm going to separate. That wasn't it whatsoever. This comes down to trauma and the way that trauma works is that they kept manifesting more trauma or they could not get to a place of healing because trauma was all that they knew their whole lives. Um, Does that make sense? 
Totally. I, we just actually, my son and I had that conversation recently because he was asking a lot of questions about um, his brother moving. And I was just, they literally couldn't have an emotion without the other person having the emotion. They were so trauma bonded that um, it was really um, detrimental to his brother. He was really having a hard time. And um, he was doing a lot of comparisons with, I mean, it was, it's a very, very long story, but um, it, it very much was a trauma thing. And we see them all the time. We continue to have contact with them. We go on vacations with them. The boys, now that they're older, because they were three and four, um, and my son, like I mentioned, he was nonverbal at the time. And uh safety risk he couldn't hear or perceive anything and so he would climb on things and he would like run into traffic and so he needed one parent's full attention and so this other child was getting completely ignored um and it wasn't it wasn't working um and and again and like you mentioned it is not a decision that is made lightly um and it's a decision i never thought i would make i thought i would go to the ends of the earth to keep kids together and then to get kiddos that it was actually hurting them and they weren't able to do the growth that i knew they needed being together um and so we separated them so that they could do the healing they needed to do individually um, but we've always kept them together. We've always kept contact. We've always visited them. Um, like I mentioned, we've taken week-long vacations with them. Um, and so they, they call each other. They <laughs> play Minecraft on FaceTime now together. They have a much more healthy bond um, than they would have been able to have. Yeah. And I see you part of your purpose as um, your your heart is so invested and you know so much more about this than I do. But I see your soul um, working to bring them always like back together and keep them in contact and make sure that they have that close bond with that sibling. So I want you to know that you're on the right path, you're doing the right things, and that your spirit team is fully behind you. Um, one of the things that we really haven't talked about on the show, I'm reading um, a couple of books on it right now, is the way that spirituality impacts the brain. And that when you look at brain research, a brain of people who have a brain image of a person who has done their spiritual work looks different from a person who has not. And um, I'm, I'm trying to dive. I'm not going to talk about this in depth because I haven't fully done my total homework on this. Um, but I want to have a couple brain experts on the show to go deeper into this, into the books that they've written on it. Um, but here's what I want you to know, Joanna, as it ties to your life plan and, and the work that you're doing is that I believe in the future years, we will have this to be able to show that spirituality isn't something that's just woo-woo in the air. <laughs> see, right? It's not yeah. tangible. I do believe that there is going to be proof that it is tangible. And what your um, angels ask me to share with you is you diving deeper into your spiritual awakening is changing your brain, is changing how it works. And I believe that just by holding a different vibration, we can make those brain changes, but then it comes into the family, right? And the kids are able to make those brain changes. And I don't know why, I don't question, I don't filter my messages, but they did ask me to tell you that you knew that your husband would never come into that vibration himself and that staying with him was only going to keep you in that old energy. And they asked me to share with you that even though a lot of us grew up with religion, um, I can tell you that the angels say that that divorce is not a sin. It's not a ding on our record on the other side whatsoever. Marriage is a man-made concept here on earth. And what you knew innately is that you staying in that relationship, he was not moving. 
and you cannot have a relationship <laughs> where one person is not growing and staying stagnant and the other person is growing and evolving. And they said that was not a decision that you made lightly either. They said that you stayed in that for a long time and they said you made the right decision and they said everything that those kids need will come through you vibrationally. So just know that not only did you make the right decisions, but spirit is asking you to see the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and see that the shifts you're making now and the way that you're working on yourself now is not only impacting you, but is impacting the kiddos um, that your vibration touches and your words touch and your thoughts impact. And so they're really excited about that for you. Thank you. That was yeah. definitely what I thought. <laughs> um, but again, that was, I never, ever thought I would be divorced ever. I ever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it took a long time to get there, but it very much was a, um, very, it was ended up being very mutual um, and very much uh, we're going in different directions and we can best support each other by divorcing, um, which, you know, and even after we divorced, we lived together for about six months until um, his oldest daughter finished her or his youngest daughter finished her senior year of high school. So it was very, very amicable, but yeah, it took probably half of the relationship. So four years out of the eight, trying to like figure out how to make it work and then realizing uh, maybe it shouldn't work. Maybe it's meant to be something different than this. I want to go one step deeper. And I know that, um, and it's for people listening because I don't think that anybody goes into a relationship thinking, that it's going to end, right? Like we always think the best. And what spirit will oftentimes say in a session is you do not have to make a decision until you're concrete with that decision. What spirit also says is that what concrete means to our egoic mind versus what concrete truly means to spirit are two different things. Concrete to our egoic mind means 100%. I know for sure this is the decision to go. But because we have free will, there isn't ever a 100%. We always have options. So there's a 98%, there's a 95%, but you don't get 100% certainty because it would take away your ability to have options. But you don't have to make a decision. What the angels are always trying to say is you don't have to make a decision until you feel ready. And can you kind of speak to that? Because there's some people in the same position. And like maybe within those four years that you stayed where you just didn't know if it was right, maybe you weren't ready at that point. But by the end, what your um, angels say is that you did have that 95, 98% certain. And I think if you could describe like the vibration of that or what that feels like, it might help a listener out there who's trying to make that decision. One more thing before I let you speak um, is it's not just relationships. I mean, some people are out there thinking to themselves, do I want to become a healer or do I want to change jobs or do I want to move across country? You could apply this to any decision that you're making. Right. Yeah. Um, so the four years was it, the there was nothing wrong with the relationship. And that was actually one of the hard parts is it worked. Um, it, there was no arguing, there was no abuse. There was no, um, it just, it just was, and it was very, very comfortable. Um, And so the four years was actually more about me learning about myself um, and really digging into like, what do I need? What do I need to let go of um, internally? And uh, then what do I want? Um, I, and again, kind of coming back to that, like I always saw myself married and then I would have kids and the, and 
um, this was somebody that I had fun with, but he was very, very easy. Um, he was easy to be around. He would, he would let me do whatever I wanted at any point. And that was very appealing um, when I met him at 25. And it wasn't until I started my journey of healing and self-exploration that I realized um, I selected him because he was because he was so easy. He wasn't somebody that ever challenged me to be better or to grow or to expand on what I was thinking. And uh, he just, he was, and I'm going to keep saying fun, but he was just fun. He was fun to be around. And that's what I needed in that moment of my life. And then as I started and, and it started with me doing my own therapy and going in and realizing that I was wearing a lot of masks in my um, world and like nobody was really seeing the authentic me um, because I wasn't even sure who the authentic me was. And then as I got more and more to that authentic self or working towards that authentic self and realizing what what I needed and that growth is something that I need. Um, I love learning and I love questioning thinking and, um, you know, even just having somebody to have those conversations with was something that was really, really important to me. And, you know, you make the best decision you can in the moment. And then as you learn and grow, sometimes you realize that that's, it gave you what you needed and then you're ready for something else. Um, and with that ready for something else, there was a period of like, Hey, do you want to come with me on this journey? Like I'm headed in this direction. You know, do you want to also grow? And do you also want to um, tackle these things and kind of grow as a couple? And that, and, and we had a, um, amazing conversations where, you know, he's like, Oh, I like the way I am. And I like the, he still does. He's still exactly the same. And, um, and so at the point where, you know, it just kept like, and again, so many good conversations. And I am so glad that it took the amount of time it took. We wouldn't have fostered all the kids. I, I, I would not, I don't think I would have jumped into that journey by myself he was really the catalyst for starting that. He was the one that found the agency and filled out the paperwork and started doing that. Um, I think I would have let fear. He always jumped. He's so good at jumping and he would pull me along um, early on. And like, I would see that jumping doesn't hurt it. It leads us to some really, really cool places. Um, and so it was really, really amazing to live with somebody that lived like that and to be exposed to that. Um, but yeah, it just, and truly within a week of each other, we both realized that it was over in the way it looked currently. Um, but we're still in contact. We still check in with each other. We still, um, when we have a major life event, we still reach out to each other and give each other a heads up about it. So I was able to go to his um, older daughter's wedding and we all got to hang out together. And um, it's a great, beautiful relationship that evolved and it just evolved into not being married anymore. Yeah. That's amazing. I want to just kind of clarify a couple of things because yeah. <laughs> I think that people listening could, um, I get this question often, like, do how do I make my partner be more spiritual, you know? Um, and because uh, I want people to know that just because two things, one, just because somebody's kind of like vanilla or not growing like spiritually doesn't mean that they're not growing, right? Like my husband, I chose him too, because he is a safe person. Like um, he experienced so much growing up 
there's not an ounce of fear in my mind. Like, I don't fear him cheating on me. He would never do that. Um, he's the kindest soul I've ever met, has taken the exact same thing to lunch pretty much for like the last 13 <laughs> years Um, like he's just so predictable right Um, but at the same time he loves knowledge too like he loves like but he doesn't love the same things that I do like he loves listening to all these different types of podcasts and so he'll come to the dinner table and he'll just expand my mind about so many different things like I had never um, but you know it's not um spiritual stuff all the time it's it's different it's life stuff he's growing in different ways but his love of knowledge is there in his own right because i need that too right it's fun to grow with somebody um when it comes to the spiritual piece and people's questions like how do i make my partner be spiritual the answer to that is you don't right um if you like when I look at myself, I think of myself as a pie and you take that circle and you split it into all these different slices and who I am is multifaceted. I need um, I need a little fashion in my life. I love to work with my angels every day. I need people to connect with and really and really go deep into the woo woo. Now that's where I'm at of spirituality. And I just keep craving going deeper and deeper. And I need a part of me needs to just be able to come home to a safe space and um, relax. And so what I'm trying to say to everybody listening is I don't need to be completed by my spouse. I don't need my spouse to fill me 100%. Um, I know that for that spiritual outlet and that creative outlet to go deeper into the woo-woo, I have all these different women in the angel Reiki school that I can chat with and people that I've met along the way here and podcast guests that I could bring on, um, that we can have different friends who fulfill part of us and family members. So, um, I just didn't want women listening to, to <laughs> sure. hear you, Joanna. And right. be like, then it had to be one person for everything. Yeah. No, and that's, be like, yeah. Oh Jesus. My relationship is over. No, because no, no. Like, Yeah. <laughs> No. And, um, I was, as you were talking, I realized I used the word safe and it wasn't like a physical safety that I was trying to refer to. It was, he was safe. I could hide and in behind all my masks and he would never notice that. And so it was more of a dysfunctional, like I liked to present myself in a certain way to the world and like this very perfect superwoman type A and it wasn't healthy for me. What I was doing was really, really unhealthy. And so it truly had nothing to do with him. He was, is still a great guy. Um, it was just me realizing that I was in some really unhealthy behaviors and patterns that I didn't even recognize. And then as I started to recognize them and I started to work on letting them go, um, that was the point of realizing like, oh, I needed him in that moment because I wouldn't have felt safe to let all of this go. If I didn't, like, I already, I had that. He helped con- create a, con- a, a space that was safe for me to be able to recognize all of that stuff for myself. Um, and so the safe wasn't a bad thing. I love safety. Like, <laughs> I will always be drawn to safety. I don't like the chaos. Um, I like that very, like, calm home thing. But it was, um, you know, he really, he did. He helped me level up to a different um, space in which we no longer needed each other in the same way. Yeah. Um, okay, I've got one more question for yeah. you because the angels are saying um, that you've got a good perspective on this too. What I see behind the scenes is therapy plus spiritual work equals ah. magic. 
right? Yeah. Like that should be a yeah. saying in a t-shirt somewhere, like therapy plus spiritual work is magic. Yeah. Um, you need both. You've done yeah. both. And I'm not sure that we get to the level that we get just with one or the other. I think the combination of both takes you to this place where you're like, wow, I didn't realize I could be such a healthy person. Yeah. Um, it well, It's so funny you mentioned woo-woo because that was very much how it was raised was like, oh, that's woo-woo. That's weird. Don't, you know? And so we were a very conservative Christian family. And so anything outside of that felt a little odd. And then um, it, I... <laughs> ended up in a health crisis. Um, that type A personality and that always pretending to be somebody I wasn't, um, I had burnt out my adrenal system and um, had gone to all these different specialists and everything within Western medicine was like, oh, you're healthy. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. I can show you the data that I'm not healthy. I was running triathlons because I thought that would be the answer. So many things that I did that I thought would be the answer. Um, but um, like I could show you that my times were getting slower. I could show you that my weight was going up, even though my calorie and like all of this data and all of these specialists were like, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And so I happened to, because I had run out of Western medicine, um, yeah, because I couldn't find answers within Western medicine, it really opened me up to exploring other things that I had discounted before. And um, within that, it was therapy and lots and lots of books and lots of, um, I saw a Reiki practitioner, I went and had an aura reading and all of these things that would have felt unsafe or scary or not okay for me to do all of a sudden I was able to look in look at them just from a place of curiosity and like let me go check it out and it was very interesting that every time I had a like every time I've needed something who I've needed to go see has found me and so like um a google search that just randomly pops up a name of somebody that I could never do that Google search again and find that person again, because I've I've tried to do it before. Um, Or I'll start hearing something coming up and on repeat. And so, and that's actually how I found your podcast was I literally was having a day where I was just like, oh, everything is like, I'm super stuck and I don't know what's next. And Um, And again, I couldn't tell you what I searched for or how I found you, but like your podcast came up um, and I was like, okay, let's just add it, you know? And then I started listening to it and I'm like, okay, this is why I needed this. Um, (laughs) So, and, and even calling in with like an angel story, that was something that, um, cause I've never shared all of this um, in the same space. Um, different people know different pieces of it, but, um, yeah, it was one of those where I was just like, I kept over and over hearing, like, you need to call, you need to get a hold of her. So that's awesome. Well, I'm so glad you, that you did. Thank you so much for being here. You are just a beautiful soul. And I'm so <laughs> excited for your journey and your son's journey and all the children that you're here to support. And I know that women got so much benefit out of this today. What Spirit is asking me, they don't always ask me to do this. Um, I'm not sure if I've ever said this on the podcast, but if you're If this story, Joanna's story, resonated with you today and you want to get in contact with her or send her um, an email or are interested in foster care, I know that there's some of you out there. Um, Joanna, the reason that you needed to come on the podcast and share that today and we're being called is because those people are supposed to come full circle back to you. So we will make sure that those emails get over to uh, Joanna Martin. Thank you so much. Much, Joanna for being here yeah. today. Oh, thank you. 
Yes. Okay. Thank you again, everybody. Open up your hearts to all of the unexpected blessings that spirit is bringing your way. And if you want to be my earth angel, I could totally use your help going over to Amazon. If you've purchased the book, the way that books um, work is that with the algorithms, they tend to be shown more and come up in those search results if they have more reviews. So if you could go over there, leave five stars uh, or on Audible or anywhere that you purchase the book, I would be so, so appreciative. Thank you all so much for being here. God bless. Thanks, Joanna. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Beautiful souls, did you know that you can book a discovery call with me personally to talk to you about the angel membership, about the angel Reiki school to help you decide which is right for you? If you want to book one of these discovery calls with me, what you can do is go on over to theangelmedium.com, go to the monthly membership tab, And then look at the very top. You're going to see a button that says book a discovery call. Click on that, book your time, and I will meet with you to decide and help you work through which program is right for you. Friends, thank you so much for being here today, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. What we have next for you is a mini meditation to help you set the tone and the energy for the rest of your day. And don't forget to start each morning with the 31-day angel success formula. Those are the 31 free episodes that we just aired in January 2022. Thanks again, friends. Now, I hope you enjoy this mini healing meditation. As you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. If you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off, and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. Begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. surrounding the outside of your heart, filling the inside of your heart. Notice how your entire body comes into a gentle state of ease. 
this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this yummy tingliness two inches to ten feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pull this God energy, starts to pull around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. that your heart, your body, the air surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth are connected to everything, everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything, everywhere. Friends, that is oneness. And you can carry oneness with you in your everyday. I don't want you to stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. 
What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.